My name is Lanchi Nguyen. I'm 18 years old and a student at the University of Iowa. Today is October 26, 2019, and I am conducting this interview in Des Moines, Iowa, with Tony Baher, who is a family friend. Tony is currently 74 years old. Her husband, Gary, had a stroke about two years ago and is now paralyzed from the waist down. Tony's life is now surrounded around taking care of her husband because she can never leave him by himself. They recently bought a new house and renovated it to accommodate Gary's needs and just came back from a trip to Idaho for the first time since his stroke. What does creativity mean to you? Okay, well, imagination that looks at situations or beauty or whatever and, you know, creates something from that. But it's it's how you think. It's, it's a picture in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um... How do you see creativity being used in your life when you were younger? Well, I was raised by my grandparents, and she taught, showed me and taught me all of the wildflowers of Missouri. Um, since we were very poor, whatever we, how we decorated our house or did anything was the cheapest way you could do it mm-hmm. possible, so we, were, we had to be creative. And... I learned to make doll clothes like in third, fourth, fifth grade. So, and then by junior high, I was making all my own clothes. And we couldn't afford the things at the store. So, we would go and look at the dresses and go home, pick out some patterns that we could put together and make that dress. And we'd make it for pennies compared to what it would have cost. So, I call that creativity. Yeah, that really is. I've tried to do that on my own, but I can never put the pieces together correctly. <laughs> well, I had my mom could make draperies, she could reupholster furniture. I mean, I watched her, so mm-hmm. it wasn't scary to me. It was, you know, what you did to get by because she did it for money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We. You know, we made we made dolls out of flowers. Uh, hollyhocks is a flower that um, sometimes they grow wild, actually. But you can make a little doll out of the hollyhock. It goes like this: the skirt does, and then the head is kind of a you know, it's round and hard and kind of thick. And that was and we would put that on the head of the little doll, and then the hair was um, like. Like the hair on um, corn, you know, the hair oh, on yeah. corn. Mm. I can't think of what they call it now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we that's what we did because we couldn't afford dolls. Our neighbor girl had dolls, and we were so impressed with her doll house. We used to play at her house so we could have a doll house. But yeah, we just made it up and. I didn't even know that I was poor. <laughs> we just learned to do it, and it was fun. Okay, what about creativity in your life right now? Well, let's see, right now. Yeah, it's a whole new chapter. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to remodel this whole place for okay. Harry, so that took some thinking through, and okay, what do I want it to look like when it's all done? And what does he need, so therefore, what do I need to do to change it? Um, I have a good girlfriend who we always have talked about going overseas and, and we playing the guitar and singing with, like in Haiti, Haiti, mm-hmm. uh, with little kids singing in French because I can speak and sing French. 
uh, or in English if they want to learn English songs, you know, the easy little songs that kids sing. And so I always have some some idea of something, and that hasn't completely gone in spite of dealing 24-7 with the needs of my husband. Yeah, so how has your health impacted the way you see or live your life now? Oh my goodness. Well, I have good health. Yeah. (laughs) So, are there any like adjustments you've had to make to your day to day life? Like, what are those? I don't go anywhere without someone here that I'm paying twenty seven dollars an hour to be here. Yeah. (laughs) So we're talking six thousand a month, five to six thousand a month every month. So the only time I get away is like this morning to run in and do some errands. And I never get them all done because I I don't have enough time. Um, so I don't go to lunch with a friend. I haven't. I've gone to dinner one time with my best buddy, which was this week. <laughs> since this, since Gary Finn went home June first, right around June first. So um, I used to meet with uh, retired teachers and have lunch with them. Um, not often, but every couple of months, and you kind of reminisce, you know, about being teachers together. And, but I, I don't see family. I, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> so, and I, it took a lot of planning to get ready for that three thousand mile trip out and back. And it was all up to me. I mean, every phone call, every. Every detail, every motel room, everything, it's all up to me. And because I put that on myself, you know, to do it right, yeah. then it's, I'm pleased when it happens, but I'm really stressed through it all. Yeah, is there anything you wish you could be doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go see my sister. She's been, um, she's had 10 major surgeries. She lives in Oklahoma City, and we're 18 months apart, and we're the only siblings, and I would love to go see her, and I just found out yesterday yeah. that the VA provides a respite for people like me who are, like, tied mm-hmm. down 24-7, 30 days a year that they will pay for Gary to be, like, taking care of at Sunnyview or wherever, at the VA, whatever. I didn't know that. So you have like an entire month just to be But I would never do that. I would never abandon anybody from Mm -hmm. But I thought, well, you know, I could take four or five days and go drive down to Oklahoma City, as long as the weather is okay, and see my sis. And, you know, because who knows, next year, she or I might not be around. Yeah. And then, you know, I would regret not taking the time. And if it doesn't cost me, you know, three, five thousand dollars, six thousand. So anyway, when I found that out, well, my mind just started going. <laughs> like, you know, what would I want to do? And that was the first thing I thought of with my sister. And then I have two really good buddies down in Kansas City that were. We graduated from high school together, and one was a bridesmaid in our wedding, mm-hmm. and I would love to go see her. She's a widow in Springfield, Missouri, but she would meet me in Kansas City where the other lady lives. 
and you know just just to be friends yeah. and I wouldn't probably more than two days with them but our daughter lives there I haven't seen my grandkids since they came one time this year the whole year and our granddaughter and I are, are pretty close Jordan mm-hmm. the one I that's 14 down in that swims and mm-hmm. does cross country yeah. and all that and you know I would just love to just be there and the tradition has always been that I was the witch on Halloween and give out the candy while they took the two kids door to door. Oh, yeah. And that hasn't happened in two years. So I even thought about, yeah, I could drive down and surprise them, yeah. be a witch when I get out of the car and say, guess what? <laughs> and take my extra candy. And those are the kind of things I think of. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to read more. I just, don't take time to read. And it's hard for me to concentrate right now even on whatever I'm reading. Yeah. Because I have well, piles of bills. Yeah, you just got a new house. Not yes. back from a big trip. Yes. So and see I expect myself. I expect too much of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um do you have any regrets throughout your life? Any things you wish you had done? Like moments you miss that okay. you like. My daughter and I have never had a good relationship. And I wish I wish that I had been more gracious to her as a little girl. Because she was our first. Gotta be perfect, right? Because yeah. I was a perfect mother. And, and I was I was very physical because that's the way I grew up. You know, you got slapped if you said anything wrong and it was all physical. And I wish I had I had been more she was so um, introverted and poor self esteem, but I didn't realize it, see at this point, because I had three kids and running a business and Barry was in the Senate and the there were so many things going on, yeah. and that's that's the thing I regret. I, I just wish I had had a better relationship with her and taken more time to just knock on her door after school and, and talk to her because she would go in a room for two hours and never come out after school. Yeah. And she hated school. She hated the bus. She hated everything about school and was very like sick at her stomach a lot like I am right now. Not today but from stress mm-hmm. and and the counselor at school you know nobody perceived that either so I didn't get any help with what was wrong and Gary didn't notice either because he was busy working and running the park so that's my biggest regret is my daughter um, uh, being a mom that I I think I should have been could have been maybe <laughs> okay so what have been your favorite or most meaningful experiences throughout your life? I would say time with my grandparents. Um, there was one time I went to a church camp in the summer, and I I sang a solo and played the piano. Oh my, I did that, but I did at at church camp, and I remember that was I felt that was one of those life changing. Things I sang that song. I'd rather have Jesus mm-hmm. than anything, and I've never forgotten the words or the melody. And I sang it in my heart a lot of times. And I've heard other people sing it like in the radio. 
so forth. But um, it's like I made a decision somehow that day. And I already knew the Lord, but I just thought there were, I wanted to be a missionary, but I was a gypsy. I wanted big earrings and makeup and fancy hairdo. And I didn't think you could be a missionary and look like that. So as I grew up, I found out that God can use you wherever you are and whoever you are. But at that time, um, I just felt really close to the Lord and to what he had in mind for my life. I would have been fourth or fifth grade, so right around there, fourth, fifth, right in there. I don't know which one. So along with best memory, what do you think the best years of your life were, like your golden years? (sighs) (laughs) I'm thinking teaching the years I taught for a first through sixth grade French. So how old were you when you started teaching? Well, right out of college, 22. I taught at Hoover the first three years out of college, so I would have been 22, 23, 24. And I loved teaching at the high school, but they didn't want to play. They want to sing along with me on the guitar, and they didn't raise their hand and volunteer. And when you get to little kids, everybody raises their yeah. hand. Everybody's excited about singing the songs and doing the activities this the games we played all in French and um, the uh, visuals that I used, the kids loved it, especially the boys, which surprised me how many boys liked because they're very competitive. And so when we had this side of the room compete with that side, they loved it. And especially art, which surprised me. In third grade, they studied Monet, uh, Matisse, and Van Gogh. And um, so at the end, I had nine, like a um, tic-tac-toe game with nine pictures on the up front. And one of them was a fake. In other words, it wasn't Matisse, um, Monet, or um, Van Gogh. It was somebody else painting it. So they had to spot whether it was one of those three uh, painters and they had to tell me in French, it was all in French, how they knew that that painting was by Van Gogh, for example. Mm-hmm. It was, they had to know the, the reason, the color he used, the subject matter he used, and the style, whatever. That's and they would tell me in French, yeah, on three things. And, but they could, they could, um, talk to each other, you know, before they answered that side of the room. Okay. But the boys always won because they, and one of the parents um, at back to school night told me that they were in some hotel in some other state and their son said, oh, that's a Van Gogh. And they said, a what? <laughs> and the boy said, yeah, that's, that's by Vincent Van Gogh. And I know that because, and then he explained why he knew that was a Van Gogh. And the parents told me at back to school night, they said, they had no idea it was a Van Gogh, and they, they couldn't believe their son yeah. knew all that about a Van Gogh painting. And they said, we think this is a great program. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot better than anything I had a class as a kid. And, and the surprising thing was even I wore cowboy boots with the broomstick skirts and, you know, maybe earrings and all. And it was always the young boys who would say, oh, cool boots, Madame Baher, or would make a comment. Like, 
one day in the second grade class, I went in early, and these boys had come in from lunch, and they were obviously whispering about me to each other because they're not, they're not, they don't know to be, you know, otherwise at that age. Anyway, so this one little boy says, Madame Baher, we don't think you look like a teacher. And he said, oh, really? Well, thank you. <laughs> so I said, well, what? Oh, and then I didn't even answer. I just said, well, thank you. And then this other boy says, yeah, we think you look like a uh, Hollywood star. <laughs> and I'm like, compliment. all right, I'll take that. <laughs> a movie star. That was it. You look like a movie star. And I thought, that's fine. I'm not a frumpy teacher. I'm Madame Bacher. I look <laughs> and And it was just me, but... It was just strange to me that it wasn't the girls, it was the boys. Because now it normally would be the girls that would compliment your shoes. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. And Mm -hmm. to have the boys be the ones that say, oh, boots, Madame Baher, you know, in the hall, walking by them. It was, yeah, it was surprising. Mm -hmm. And then they're the ones that, the artwork, they knew them, no problem. They were cool on the, of course it was all, they were all three male artists, but I wouldn't think that made any difference to a second, third grader. Yeah. Or third grade. They, yeah, they were third graders. Because they studied, um, we used the curriculum and built our curriculum around what they were already learning in English. Mm-hmm. So we did it the same, the same study, but we did it in French. So that was the way we wrote. And we wrote all the curriculum, so we did a lot of homework to get it ready but it was wonderful and uh, I'm sure a lot of those kids probably never have forgotten you know what they learned yeah. and they probably remember you as the movie star well yes yeah, the movie star Madame Daughter <laughs> yes so I know you just had your big trip but is there something else that you're looking forward to doing right now I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and seeing our Marine that fighter pilot is coming home for Thanksgiving. I don't know if he's bringing his son or his fiance, but I hope so. And then our daughter from Kansas City that we haven't seen in for months, uh, she's coming up with her family. So I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Christmas, I don't think anybody's going to be here. But, um, but yeah, that's family is, you know, it's a big deal for me. So just wrapping things up, is there any advice you would give me now as I enter into my further adult years? And you're in college. Yeah, I just started. Well, I wasn't in a sorority, and I wasn't in, well, I was. I was in Young Republicans. I was in the International Club, so we hung around with Kenyans, American Samoans, but they also all hung out at the Baptist Student Union, which was across the street from the school, the college. And I was a Southern Baptist, so so we did almost all of our stuff, and we were all broke. So <laughs> so everything we did was almost, you know, didn't cost anything. And picnics and cookouts and um, swimming at a lake that didn't cost any money to go there and and then they all played the guitar and sang that the American Samoans and they did slap dances and fire dances and they cooked the pig down in the wrapped in 
banana leaves stuff. Um, what do they call it? Like a luau. Oh, okay. And they cooked the pig down in there, and then we all got to eat. Um, Get me back on track. What you were thinking? <laughs> advice for my oh, advice for you. Yes, um, I would say travel as much as you can while you're single, because everywhere you go, you're going to learn. Um, a lot of times, from my experience, and I've been almost all over the world. Um, how unique and special our country is. The freedoms. Yeah. Um, not having to carry all your papers on you at all times, should you be caught, you know, in public without your passport or whatever, which is true all over Europe and especially in Moscow, yeah. where I was. Uh, I don't know about Canada; I haven't been there lately. But um, but travel as much as you can, learn as much as you can. I think it's an American story that a lot of women my age have gone through and. Um, and I, I know a lot, not all of us have made it successfully, you know, through that, but someday I'd like to write, I guess that's one of my goals in life is to write my story because I want my grandkids to know. And I also, I just can connect so well with other women. You know, I've, I've always drawn really well. You know, I think my sister's quite an artist. I mean, she's amazing. She's a sculptor and an artist. Always music. I've always sang, been in choruses, been in choirs, sang for state contests, all that. Plus, in, in college, I was in Nemo Singers, and we went all over Missouri singing in, in college. So I've always loved music, loved singing, and now playing the guitar, and I love doing it for those old people at, at Sunnyview because they love those old songs, old hymns or any old song, and they smile and they love it, and that's a blessing to me. I wouldn't give it up even though Gary hasn't been there since December of last year, but I go every Thursday afternoon and take him with me. He sits there in the front row while we're singing and playing. So I hope I never, I never lose that, the joy of, of bringing joy to others and, and, and um, just letting them know. My granny always said, a smile doesn't cost you a dime, and that may have been the only smile that person got the whole day. Yeah. So don't deny them that free gift that you give them. And, so I'm one of those smiling Americans. <laughs> the Europeans say they can tell us a mile away because we all smile and make eye contact. That's not a bad thing. And they don't. No, I think it's great. 